0: Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Ajumi and today i'm going through the books the book of matthew or luke we're going to start with matthew this time this is teaching so i pray that the lord will give you understanding as we go through the book of matthew and go step by step chapter by chapter and verse by verse and then i will stop and put in some comments that will lead us into because there are so many things in the book of Matthew that are teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to be very, we're going to be, it's going to be a series, so you're going to have to follow it gradually and take the Bible and let's learn together as the Lord is going to be giving us insight in some of the parables and the teachings that he gave that Apostle, that Apostle Matthew recorded. So Father, we pray, Lord, that you give us insight in this recording and let it be good in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray. Amen. Now we are in the book of Matthew, chapter 1. And we're going to go through, you see, the book of Matthew started with the genealogy of Jesus Christ. So that's where we're going to start. Matthew, chapter 1. Okay. As we were discussing, Matthew gave a good rendering. Let me just make sure that everything is going on. Successfully as we expected. Yep. Okay. Matthew chapter 1. Father, help us to get a good recording and a good teaching Matthew chapter 1 from, from verse 1. It said this: The genealogy of Jesus. Verse 1. It said, The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now, it started by trying to link, to, to trace. The, the lineage of, the, of uh, Abraham up to up to the time David and Jesus Christ was born, and we know that Jesus Christ came through um, not not directly through Joseph. It's going to link it through. It's going to line it through Joseph, the more, the husband of Mary, because that was exactly how God planned it to be. That he's going to come from that lineage, even though it's not the seed, directly seed of Joseph. It's going to be through the woman Mary. So in the end, we know it's coming through the tribe of Judah. And he said, Abraham the 2, Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. You see that in Genesis chapter twenty-five. And Judas begat Phares and, and Sarah of Tamar. Now that story of Phares and Tamar, you have to go to that the book of Genesis to see when Judas have the first three sons and one of the, his first son married this woman, Tara, Taman, as we say. And that, that boy died and then the second son was told to marry this Tamar and he also died without any child. And after that, the, Judas told Tamar to go back to her parents and wait till the third son is grown up enough to marry. Almost like my you if your brother died and he has no seed, and he's already married, the next junior brother should marry the woman. And that was why he told the second son to marry Tamar. And according to the scripture, you have to go to that story. I'm not going to go to the story of the Genesis chapter 30, because what is the reason why this second child died? The Bible said he did something wrong. And then he was, he, was, he was dead. And now the third son, Judah was scared that he didn't want the third son to die. So he told the woman, go to your father's house and tell him, this person is still young. Maybe, maybe 16 years old, 17 years old, because these people are married early. But the first one that married could have been in his 20s, and the second one was also perhaps in his 20s. And then the third one passed in 1618. So the Judas didn't want him to die also because you know why these young men were dying. So he told the woman to go back to her parents' house until this third one is grown up enough to marry. It's like 16, 17, 18. Now, in that course of time, even the wife of Judah also died. So it looked like what calamity happened to Judah among the sons of uh, Jacob. So his wife died. And after so many months, he was he was going back to the farm after he has been a widower now. And then this Tamar realized that, well, this is almost two years ago right now. This boy is going up to marry. Why didn't he call her back to come and marry this woman? So Tamar pretended to be a prostitute and went on the way and made Judas, who was already already a widower now for many months. But I was pressed down sexually and saw a prostitute on the road and thought it was a prostitute that covered her, her face. So he went into this prostitute thinking it was a prostitute indeed the woman, this is that, that played a prostitute and had pregnancy through this Judas. And went away. But he got she got something that will be evidence. Every day that, who oh, is this man that impregnated you? It was, he said, give me your staff. because what can I give? Before you bring me some, some little lamp from the flock, you have to give me something to hold. And he said, your bracelet and your staff. So he got the bracelet and the staff of Judas and left. And when, many months later, they couldn't find the prostitute. So said, Judas said, well, let her keep the bracelet and the, and the staff. Many months later they found that your your daughter in law is is pregnant. And that was the story you see in uh, and they said, Well, bring a letter bit She had been playing a lot. And she said, Well, this is the man that impregnated me, sending the staff and the bracelet. It looked like a reality. Also, but that happened and the Bible recorded it. So God does not cover anything up for anybody. That was Genesis chapter thirty eight. But in the end, he was he didn't go into the woman again, but he came and, and, they, and delivered a baby for Judas. And those two, two those, the baby was actually twins in a womb. That was Phares and Sarah. That's what verse 3 was talking about in Matthew chapter 1, verse 3. So those twins, Phares is the one that this line of, line of David came through. And that was what we are saying. He said, and Sarah of Tamar. Tamar was the, one, the mother. And then Fares begat Esrom and Esrom begat Aram. Verse 4 said, and Aram begat Aminadah, and Amminadab begat Nason. and Nahshon begat Salmon. So we went on down the line to see how we get to King David in verse 5. And Salmon begat Bruce of Rahab. Now you see another story there. Each time they mention the name of the woman, because it's very... Important because the story of the woman was also in the, in the scriptures. That's why they mention it in this genealogy. Rehab was re, 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 reported in verse five that Salmon begat Boos or Boaz. If you go to that to that uh, story, it was called Boaz. That was of Rehab, and Rehab was the Rehab the allot that was. that was saved in the city of Jericho. If we go back to the story of Jericho, when Joshua and the Israelites came, started destroying the Canaanites, the the first city they destroyed was Jericho. And that was where this woman, Rahab the Allot, that saved the two spies that were sent to spy out Jericho. She saved them and, and cried for her life to be saved and her family and her son and her parents, not her son, her parents. And her family members. And they saved Rahab and brought her in, along with her parents into the camp while they destroyed Jericho. You see that in the book of uh, Joshua. Now, Rehab finally asked, to, because there was no, not allowed in Israel. So she finally married somebody in Israel, which is the man called Salmon, verse 5. And has a, a song called Boas or Boos Boaz. Boaz. B-O-O-Z is what they say here, but B-O-A-C is what you see in the book of uh, Ruth. You see that in the story, in the book of Ruth, actually. And then Boaz begat, obeyed of Ruth. And now Ruth also was mentioned here because the story of Ruth also was in the, in the Bible. Go to the book of Ruth. You see that story that Ruth was the Moabites woman, it's not even an Israelite, a Moabite from a Moab, the Moab. Moabites woman that followed her mother-in-law, uh, from Moab, and that's Naomi, was the mother in law. So Ruth was the one that followed her mother in law from Moab after Naomi's husband and sons died in Moab, and she was going back to Israel. And Ruth said she would go back because Ruth was a widow of the son of Naomi. And she went back with Naomi to, to Israel and finally married this man called Boaz. You see that in the book of Ruth. And begat this son, Obed. And Obed, verse 5, you are reading verse 5 of Matthew chapter 1. And Obed begat Jesse. Now, that's where we begin to know the names. Jesse was the father of King David. And you see that in verse 6. And Jesse begat David the king. So that's why they were bringing the genealogy from Abraham to. Trace it down to King David, because it is from King David's line that the Messiah is to come true, to be the king of history. The eternal king is what Jesus Christ is going to be. And that's how this thing was. But they mentioned the names of individual women that played a special role, that the Bible pointed out. That's why we heard of Tamar, and we heard of, of uh, Rahab, and we heard of Ruth, both in, the, in that earlier generation. Now we're in verse 6 of Matthew chapter 1. And it says, And Jesse begat King David the king. And David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. You can see that when, when the, let's talk a little bit. When you look at this lineage, you will see the mercy of God. And many times we think, Oh, these people must be the holy of holiest. You say God does not look as men look. God looks at the heart, God looks at faith, those who fear him. You take up the story of Rahab the harlot, you say, well, a harlot? No, that should never be the one that you come into, the, into Israel at all in the first place. But when you think again, you see that that woman actually had faith. Faith is believing what is not everybody is not believing, believing the impossible. That is why God looks for faith. He says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So, when you see the story of a woman like Rehab, say, Why? Well, Analog. Oh, she was evil. She was bad. She was doing some bad business. Okay? But look at what she did. Not just because she saved the Israelites, but because she heard about the God of these Israelites. That, that, and believed that, she believed that that must be the true God. That's what God is looking for. While the others thought, well, they have their own God, we have our own God, our God is going to fight their God. And Bechira, she didn't even believe in all these idols they were worshiping in Jericho. But now she had a God that divided the Red Sea, a God that did wonders like that in Egypt. Because they were hearing the story before even Israel ever come to the area. 40 years in the wilderness, Israel had been there. So the stories have come ahead of them to the Canaan. So all these people heard about the stories of their God. Divide the rest. How can God divide the rest? He has to be the one that created all things also. So she heard um, the same story, and she believed that that must be true God. But how can I get to know this true God? So very suddenly, suddenly these people came to the borough. And they were all scared today that their God is doing this wonder. And then suddenly, their God divided the River the Jordan. They heard it, the story, the whole story. And these people in Jericho still wanted to defend their own God, the idol. But this woman that was a bad business woman, you could have said a sinner. the worst, the worst of sinners, she was an armor. She didn't practice any of this idol worshiping in they were apartment. But she believed that that God of this world was not true God. And she was hoping one, if you could get to worship that true God, and that is what God is looking for, faith in the true God. And that's what I'm trying to point out. And when she saw the opportunity knocking, on our doorstep, you didn't say, "Well, I'll just see how their God will save them right now." No, all the other people we have thrown these two spies in would be killed by the king of uh, Jericho. But he wanted to be part of this God. That is what God is looking for. You hear the gospel. You know this is the true God. You Better come and be part of this true God. If you think well, your religion is better than their religion, <laughs> you are deceived. You are being, you are being deceived. So that was how Rahab was saved because she believed that that was the true God, and God is looking for faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. No matter what evil you have done, if you just have faith in God and repent of the evil, God will accept you. Think of the thief on the cross—a thief on the cross that was being judged because he was a thief, and he confessed that yeah, he was a thief. He did; he was he was wrong. And the other the other thief on the other side was. The man bastard, the Lord Jesus Christ and said, if you are really true to Messiah, save yourself. He said, if you are really true, Messiah, save yourself and us. But the other thief on the cross said, Why are you saying that? We are all condemned. This man has done nothing wrong, which means this thief on the cross that was saved believed that this is the Messiah, and believed that this man was an only person. Okay? That he ought not to be condemned with them like that. They were thieves. He said, we, were, we were we were guilty. But this man has not done anything you know, wrong. And then he's. So he said, remember me when thou coming to your kingdom. He believed the kingdom that this Messiah was preaching. God looks for faith, my brother and my sister. So no matter what you have done in life, you are a murderer, you are in jail, you are in prison. It does no matter if you just trust, to call upon God to save you, that you believe him. Jesus is the true God. He will save you. That's what I'm trying to say. And so that's why you see all these stories of these women that look like those are the people you have said. These are the women that should be in the, in the lineage, after because they were prepared to be doing something wrong. Look at this woman, Tama, that purposely went and played a prostitute to get a, a father law law impregnate. Ah, you say, wow, what is what is what a bad thing she did? Look at a Look at the bad thing. How did she even know that she was going to be pregnant or that? And she was not really a general person that was doing that for every, every man. Then she was believing for something. She was believing for something. She wanted to come back to that family. So God is looking for faith. 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 So think about that. As, you, as we read through all of this, you see that God is looking for faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. And when you have faith, God can, and you repent. You have course. Of course, you have to still repent from the bad practices. But your faith will you cover a multitude of sins. You cover a bunch of things when you repent. Okay. Now let's go back to the king. So we said, verse well, six of Matthew chapter one. Yeah, yes, the Bible said David begat Solomon of the of the, out through the wife of as You can say, well, ye, if God wanted to choose anyone to be to come through the lineage, you know, be choosing the one that is the story of David committing adultery through wife of Urias and then Urias was killed by David indirectly and also that is evil also. Why should God even choose that that uh, son of that woman? You see, God does not look as at, at men look. So you but you see when you go to the story in Luke, Luke also reported the genealogy of Jesus Christ in chapter three. We are going to get to chapter three of Luke later. But that also in the book of Luke, he reported the genealogy of Jesus Christ, but he didn't line it through Solomon, he learned it through another son of uh, David. So, but you see, people, this thing were written many years later. You have to remember that. The, the report and the, the genealogy, they were written many years later. So, very, very easy for people that are trying to find their this their, their lineage and mix it up because I say, come through this one or through that one. So that was why you see Matthew said. Line, line up uh, the, uh, the lineage of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Where they're going to trace it to? Also. And when you go to the book of Luke chapter three, you see that he also lined it through the through to Joseph, but he was getting through another person that is not the not King Solomon. So let me point out one real quick before we continue, so that you see. And Paul said, exactly, there's no confusion in it. This is just history, history book of trying to line up. You try, to, you try to find the old, you know, the many, or after, after, even right now, and see how you can find. Who, who, it, that's why these people are more or less reporting history and trying to do the best of it when it comes to line lineage. And it's still happening up to today. People want to find their root, and they, they come to the bottom where they go, who's, who, who's, where this one, whose phone is this? So let's go to Luke chapter 3, let me just quickly point to where. Joseph, the husband of Mary, was lying, Who was how he was linked to King David? That's what I'm trying to go to. Here is chapter three of Luke, verse three, verse twenty-three, and was from verse thirty-two. It was. You say which the son of Jesse is going up instead of coming down right now? say the son of Jesse, which was the son of Obed. Well, he was, since he was coming down and so going up, let's go a little bit to the top where he mentioned David. That is from verse 31. So you see, he said this, he was the son of Meliah, which was the son of Menan, which was the son of Matata, which was the son of Nathan, which was the son of David. So now he said, David, the king, David the king was, usually the son of Jesse. Verse 32. He was saying the son of David that that uh, Joseph, the son of uh, the husband of Mary, came through was actually Nathan, he didn't say it was Solomon. So that's why I'm trying to point out here. That but nonetheless, we believe that it should be through the lineage of Solomon because kings, king, it came through the line of the king. That's why God kept the king in, 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 in Judah all along. So we will, we will take the story or the lineage that Matthew recorded that it was through Solomon. And now he says, Solomon begat Roh- Roboah, which you see, back to Matthew chapter one verse seven now, they begat Rehoboam Robo- in, the, in the Book of uh, First Kings, called Rehoboam. Okay, and then Rehoboam begat Abia, and Abiah begat Asa. Now these are all the kings in Judah. And Asa begat Joseph. Now you see, from Roboam is where the Israel was divided into two. After King Solomon, you can go back to the Book of Kings, First Kings, and see where that occurred. When Solomon became, when Solomon died. His son Rehoboam, which is called Roboam here, in, in the first king is called Rehoboam. Okay, he wanted to be, to be when he was to be ordained as king, the people rebelled. Jeroboam was the servant of Solomon. That the prophets told Jeroboam that God is going to divide the country and give and give Rehoboam, and give Jeroboam ten tribes. And then when he when Solomon heard about it, Solomon wanted to kill. Jeroboam and he fled to Egypt. You see, that all of those stories in the book of Kings, first Kings. Now, when, uh, when he heard that uh, Solomon was dead, he came back and, and, and led the revolution, what revolt against Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, that was to be made king. Just about the time he was to be made king, and they gathered together like and said, well, we, we have a problem. We wanted to lighten the body. Solomon has made us to be saved too much. And he cons- consulted with the elders are consulted with the younger people and took the advice of the younger people, told him, as the king, Rehoboam, they told him to, not, to not, not, not yield to them. And that began the revolution. So they revolted against Rehoboam and now they form ten tribes, the line of the king, they call them Israel, that is ten tribes. And then Judah and Benjamin were the only two small, small group that continued with the sons of David, they are called Judah. And now when you hear the story, when you hear the The Senate called the Jews, the Jews, these are the men of Judah and Benjamin, just the small tribe, one single tribe plus a small tribe that is almost destroyed and that's what Judah and Benjamin, they are the only people that are the Jews. And they actually stayed longer than the Israelites because many years later, many kings after this revolution, many kings after that, the king of Assyria took away the ten tribes and scattered them worldwide and some of them were left there, some of the Gentiles were moved to their lands. So that was where the Samaritans started, so their capital was Samari, Samaria. And those are the descendants of those mixture of people that were left and people that were Gentiles that were moved into the land of Israel, and the Gentiles were scattered worldwide by the king of Assyria in those generations. They were now the remnants called the Samaritans. Okay. Now, Judah continued in that place for another, maybe another hundred years or something like that. So many other kings, all through the time of Hezekiah, all through the time of Josiah. There were kings and kings in Judah, but they also had a problem. The, other, the king of Assyria was attacking them. God was defending them for a while. Until they also were taken away because they, they, they didn't follow Jehovah anymore. So now, that group called Judah that was taken down by Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar was an offshoot of King of Assyria, he just came from Babylon and the King of Assyria was dead and they also were part of Assyrian kingdom, so this Babylonian kingdoms just rose up out of that Assyrian kingdom. And Nebuchadnezzar, in the days of the he attacked Jerusalem and God has given him power to overcome Egypt and so on and so forth. So all of those were going on in that generation and I'm just telling you the history. You can read all of those things from the books of uh, of uh, the kings. The Persians finally took away all the Jews, which we call the tribe of Judah, and destroyed Jerusalem, destroyed the wall, took away the, all the all their goals and so on. Like the temple, and the temple was destroyed. Okay, that was the days of Daniel. Daniel was one of those people that had taken away from the tribe of Judah. Babylon. So now you can go to the book of Daniel and see all the things that was happening to the Jews in that time frame. And they were told they, God told them they would be gone for 70 years. The land was desolate for 70 years. That was just 70 years. But that was almost a, a, a old descendant, no? grandchildren grand, 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 grand will come back also. No, if it's 70 years, that'll be about your grandchildren, will come back. So God brought them back. But these are only the Jews, you no know more reference to the Israelites that are ten tribes that were taken with. No more reference to them. Of that time so that's why the story followed the Jews, the tribe that went to Babylon, the story followed them. And that was when, when they came back, then you see the book of uh, Ezra, the book of Nehemiah. Those are the people that are the descendants of the people that were taken away, that came back and started the rebuilding, rebuilding Jerusalem, and rebuilding the, tribe, the, the, the cities of Judah. When the Persian Empire has already overthrown Babylon and God told a king called the king of uh, Cyrus, the king of Pasha, who let the people go back and build their land. And he said, God, told, he said God, God of heaven showed himself to him and told him to build him a temple in Jerusalem that this Jews should go back to the And that was the beginning of the return after 70 years. Now that was the story that we, were, we have read in the scripture. So when you are looking at this genealogy, now you say when did that happen? That was after you see where you, you reported that in the in this chapter one that we are reading, that which which descendant, which people went to Babylon. From verse 8, we are talking about Asa was one of the kings, begat Josaphat. You see that in Second Chronicles, and Josaphat begat Joram, and Joram begat Usias. Usah, Usah, they call Usah. Verse 9, Usah begat Juatam, Juatan begat Ahaz, Ahaz begat Ezekaias. Uh, you know the story of Ezekiah, that was a good thing. We had got to the moon for, or the sun for him, or uh, sun back for him, when he was of Isaiah, the prophet. Now, verse 10, says so Ezekiah begat Manasseh, Manasseh begat Ammon, Ammon begat Josiah, and Josiah begat Jeconiah and his brethren about the time they were carried away to Babylon. That's verse 11. So that was the story I just told you. About the time they were carried away to Babylon, that was when Jeconias. And his brethren is and his and his uh, brothers, because Josiah's children were the one that uh, Nebuchadnezzar began to attack and take to Babylon. and after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconias was the king. They began Salathiel, Salathiel began Zerubbabel. Now you see that's the grand the grand king. Now so. Zerubbabel was the grand king of the king that was overthrown by Nebuchadnezzar. So Zerubbabel, these are the people that begin to come back in the book of Ezra, in the book of all those smaller kings, or maybe Agai and so on, you will see the name of Zerubbabel. So those are the people that came back after 70 years. says, Zerubbabel begat Abiud, and Abiud begat Eliakim, Eliakim begat Now he's going to be bringing us to all the way down to this, the, Joseph, the, the husband of me. And they said Eliakim begat Also Asa begat Sadok and Sadok begat Hakim, Hakim begat Eliud, Eliud begat Eliasa, Eliasa begat Martin, Martin begat Jacob assisting, and Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So now he has brought us from Abraham all the way to Joseph, the husband of Mary. So Joseph was said to be claiming that he was from the land of the kings of Judah. Okay, that was really what the Bible was saying in the story. Because when you get further and further, you see where the angel told Joseph in a dream that he should take his wife, and it's going to be the seed of the, the seed of David the king. Verse 17 says, So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. Now take note of that. God has timing involved in everything that he does. Timing, because it's a dispensational thing. He said from the, from Abraham all the way to King David was fourteen generations. what do you mean generation? God is counting descendants, that's one generation. Abraham, Isaac, that's the one generation, Jacob, and so on and so forth. So if you count them, they will be 14, all the way to, and you see, if you say every, some people, married early and have baby early. Some people are married late, or have baby. So, but God is counting generations because you can say, Abraham had Isaac when he was already 100 years old. If he has had a baby at the age of 35, well, if he got, let's say he got married at the age of 35, he could have, that Isaac then would have been grandson. Also. Because by the 100, Isaac could have been the son and son and so on. But see, God has a timing involved. So he, you can say it was like a delay. From Abraham to Isaac, hundred years. Like a delay. That could have been two generations in the normal process of our, our 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 county right now, or even in the counting of all these people that are later. So but God has a timing and involvement here. Say from David, from King from Abraham to David are fourteen generations. And from David until the carrying away into Babylon are fourteen generations. You see that again? And from the carrying away into Babylon to Christ are also 14 generations. God time this thing. Time time it correctly as far as as he wanted. Why 14? That's left to him. God knows what he's doing. 14, 14, 14. See that's 7 times 2 also. Now verse 18. So what we are pointing out in that is that God deals with time. So he has given mankind 6,000 years. That's what he said. When he says 6 days, he actually was talking about 6,000 years of man. And that is also a timing thing. And we are closer right now to the end of 6,000 years of humanity. According to the calendar that we know, Adam was for us, was born was, uh, on earth uh, about 4,000 B.C. Around that time. And from the time of Christ till now is about 2,000 A.D. We are now in 2023 also. So God has his timing and everything he's doing is according to time. And he said a good seven day rest. That's another 1,000 year of rest where Christ will be reigned upon the earth in the millennial reign, which we see in the book of Revelation chapter 20. Okay, so God has his timing for everything he does. And this is a a little window into how God has timed this thing for for mankind. Verse 18, let's go to verse 18. Now we're going to talk about the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 1, it's what we're going through, verse 18, where we are at right now. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise: when, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, he was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Now that is the miracle that God has already prophesied before it happened in the Book of Isaiah: that I will give a sign; a virgin will have a child; we will we, 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 we we bear a son. People perhaps when they had this those promises in those days, they perhaps couldn't figure out what does it mean by a e virgin we have a son. They would have been thinking, well, a virgin will finally marry and they have a son. But see, God was saying a e virgin we have a son. So they have to if you they have if you don't closely analyze what God said, you might miss it. Because anybody that hear the prophecy, if you are saying they probably say, e virgin we have a son. You just gloss over that sentence and think, Well, a virgin, yeah. Get married very soon, and then you have a son. But you are missing the point. That's why I said many times when God speaks, the words are very important. You have to watch the word and analyze the word. That's why His, words, his word is very important. His word is very important. And He speaks His words carefully, too. So when Isaiah will have prophesied that, many people in that generation will have missed what Isaiah really said. If I do, have a son here. If I do, finally get married and have a son also. And they forget that He says it's his that you have a son. So, so, that is why I just pointed that one out, but he, he, this story was saying, before Mary was espoused to Joseph. It was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, I means they were still like saying, they are promised, you know, in that generation, you, you promise that this person is going to marry, they are not to have fornication. they don't have fornication. that's the sin. And in that generation, it was very serious. So, that's why the Bible clearly said that before they came together, she was found that she was pregnant. And then, of course, they are going to tell us how that happened. I mean, I think look, make it clearer. Let's read on here and see how Matthew reported. He just said he was found with a child of Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. I mean, if you are so, even in a generation where there's too many ungodliness, even if you are a holy person and you are a Christian, all again, and you you went and... Ask somebody, you are going to marry this sister, a Christian sister, and you believe that she is, she is a holy person too, in the same church, and you believe you are all, and then suddenly you found that you have not been sneaking around and sleeping together, and suddenly you found that she was pregnant. Pregnant? When well, we have not slept together, and we are planning that you will be my father. What are you going to do? Either you tell everybody, so that they, they put the woman to shame, which will be the public. Public example is what that meant, eh? Or you just, you just drop it, just drop this woman before. nobody knew that we we're going to marry her. Normally announced the date of marriage. You could have just dropped it and let her go away. So that was what Joseph was trying to do. Just drop it quietly. Nobody will know because I didn't do anything here. Eh? That was what Joseph wanted to do. He said he wanted to put her away privately. Not to make her a public example. So a public example is that you tell the leaders that this woman that I was thinking I was going to marry yeah, is already pregnant look at she's not married to anybody and they will say what that's fornication. they are go- they will have thrown her to death that you are pregnant in your father's house who did it couldn't point to anybody they will have thrown out death. that was why it was called it be a public example so that the other young women will be afraid to do anything secretly. but you see you see joseph being a just man he also was religious wanted to just Put her away privately. not let anybody, you know. Not don't put this woman into trouble. Not, you don't want to get yourself involved. Verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David. Now, that is where he was lining him to David, King David. Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Now, this, simply say, this is God that's doing this. Well, nothing like that has ever happened, but to see, that was what uh, was told Joseph. And verse 21 says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, Jesus is what we, it was translated in Greek to mean, and in Hebrew, in Hebrew it would have said, It's a Yoshua, Savior, is the full in the Jehovah Savior, Jehoshua, Jehovah Savior. But in the Greek, they call it Jesus, okay? So that is the name that he said, Call his name Jesus. He shall save his people from their sins. That's why Christ came, to save us from our sins. They say his people, it's only going to save the Jews. No, his people. God is saving his people. Everybody that is seed of God, Gentile and Jew, are his people. So he was to save every human race from their sins. Verse 22. Now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. That's in the book of Isaiah chapter 7. A virgin shall bring forth a child. That's what I just mentioned, that when that prophecy was given, people perhaps wouldn't understand what God was saying. They thought, well, a virgin will bring forth his son here, a virgin will marry him sometime later. So they forget that he actually said it's a virgin that you bring forth his son. Isaiah, let's look at that in Isaiah chapter 7, where it was reported by Isaiah, verse 14, about this virgin birth. But I said many times what God was saying because they don't pay close attention to the words that God used. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. This is uh, God saying he will go to show, give them a sign. Verse 14 said, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. See, that was the prophecy that Isaiah was prophesying to the people in the days of King Uzziah. And here, Isaiah said, this is actually in the days of, uh, according to the story here, let's read how this, when this really occurred. Because the Isaiah chapter 7 that we are reading, it seems the, uh, Isaiah was prophesying to a king. Let's start from verse uh, 3. Then said the Lord unto Isaiah, Go forth now to meet Ahaz, that's the king, thou and Shia Yashub, thy son, at the end of the conduit of the upper pool in the highway of Fuller's field. And said unto him, Take heed and be quiet. Fear not, neither be faint hearted for the two tales of this smoking firebrand, for the fierce anger of racing with Syria and of the son of Remaliah. Now, that was a prophecy from Isaiah to, from God through Isaiah to King Ahaz. King Ahaz was the father of Ezekiah, the king Ezekiah that we know much about. Now, he gave this prophecy to King Ahaz that don't be afraid of the people, the soldiers, the kings that are coming against him, which is the king of Samaria, yeah, the king of. Big Israel and the king of Syria. God was giving him confidence that God will go to do something to deliver him. And verse 10, let's jump to verse 10 of that Isaiah chapter 7. Moreover, the Lord spake again unto Ayah, saying, Ask thee a sign of the Lord, thy God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz, the king said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. So that was the conversation between Isaiah and King Ayah. Verse 13, and then Isaiah said, Hear ye now, O house of David. Is it a small thing for you to weary men, but will you weary my God also? Therefore, verse 14 is where we are really going. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Now, that is where we are going. And God was talking through Isaiah the prophet to this king, Heirs in the generation of King Heirs, which was before Ezekiel the king. He said, God is going to give you a sign. You don't ask for a sign. The God is going to give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear his son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And then he gave more further story that even before his child is able to say, father or mother, these kings that you are afraid of, will be gone. So that was, and we say they could miss that because he continued to talk about this, this child that's going to be born. And he said, before the child know how to say, father, the, this king of Assyria, Assyria that you are afraid of will be gone. This king of Israel that you are thinking you are afraid of, they will be gone. And they would just dismiss that virgin. That's why I said they always miss, miss that virgin will have a son. But that prophecy was talking of future, but she was also talking about the present condition of the king. So that was what happened, and that was what they was, were referring to in the Matthew. Go back to Matthew chapter 1 now, verse 23, where he was talking about, A virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So we know that that prophecy was talking about God with us, not just a virgin in the of Ahaz, the king. But God was looking down the line, the fishing. Verse 24 of Matthew chapter 1. So then Joseph, the, that went back to, Joseph, the husband of Mary, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. So just say, away. This is what the Lord showed to me in the vision. And then many parents will have told, her, told him later, because he noticed that the woman was pregnant and didn't even question the woman and we don't know whether he questioned the woman there are some movies where people have tried to dramatize as if they were questioning one another but see according to this story he saw that this thing has happened and went to just drop this woman privately not get any involvement but when the after the angel manifested to him he went and both have spoken to the woman and said, This is what you must know, say. Is that so? And the, I would believe a man will have told her that the angel he visited her also and he mentioned the same thing. And that was where this thing occurred. And then he, that will not be accepted by the public, you know that. They will think, ah, These guys are making it up. No. The boyfriend, and girlfriend won't say, Well, I didn't do this, but the angel did it. Or God says, It's God that did it. They will think they are lying also. So they more or less just say, Well, let's just, just marry. They will marry quietly too. You have to remember that they will just marry quietly. Because the elders who didn't believe all these things, they won't believe it either. If we have told you that, well, Anija told me that it is I know it's not me, but Anija told me that it is God. And the woman said, Yes, they, said, they will they think they are lying because they already said they they are going to marry us. So they will think they are lying. So that's why you must just take the woman and they will have married quietly. And then Maybe some six months later or seven months later, a baby comes. Everybody will not remember that. How can it be seven months? Three, nine nine. No? Nobody will forget. forget about that. Because nobody will be worried about, uh, they are married also. So nobody will worry about when the baby was. Is it premature baby or something? No. It is how God covered these things up for them. Verse 25 is the last verse of this chapter 1 where we're going to stop. And... He said, Joseph knew her not, as they didn't sleep together till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. And that's the chapter 1 of Matthew. We are going to go to chapter 2 in the next podcast. God bless you. Amen.